Well, good morning, and peace be with you. We have some announcements. I can let you read those yourselves. I want to highlight that uh, in the next Sunday, you will have the great pleasure of having Pastor George Hines be uh, proclaiming the gospel to you, not only next Sunday, but the following Sunday on the 15th. And so um, I'm leaving you in good hands for the two weeks while my family and I are uh, off uh, on our adventure. So um, it's going to be strange because this is the first Sunday I've missed in over two years. And one of the recurring kind of anxiety, not nightmare quite, but is that I oversleep on a Sunday and I get a call saying, Pastor, where are you? And I'm in bed. And so I don't think I've slept much past five o'clock in the morning since I've been with you for six years now because of that. But um, anyhow, no, it'll be really nice uh, uh, leaving you in good hands. I'm, I'm confident. I have also... I want to tell you um, some sad but happy news. Um, Our brother, uh, Jerry Garner, passed away last Sunday uh, at 11.30 in the evening. And Jerry, you'll remember, sat just in front of where (laughs) Jan is right now. And Jerry said, I will stay seated if Jan sits behind me during communion and you can bring it to her. And so Jan was kind of watched over him. Sometimes he'd forget and she'd put her hand on her shoulder and she had, sit down, Jerry. And uh, heaven's a better place because Jerry is there. Um, He was a very loving man. I cannot wait to see his face in all its glory in heaven because I think he's going to be going like this, going, you were right. And what does that mean? Well, as your pastor, my job, as I see it, and as it's been handed to me, is to proclaim Christ and him crucified. Oh my gosh, he did it again. Well, that's the most important thing is. Why? Because that means that you and Jerry will see each other face to face in heaven one time. And he will say, you were right. And I'll say, you know, I know. And we didn't have to worry, did we? And he'll say, let me show you around. It's going to be a beautiful homecoming. And that's where he is right now. Although it's sad for those that are left behind. We miss those that have gone forward. And that is just the cost of admission in this life, right? Right? So uh, I'm grateful to the Father that uh, he brought him into our lives and into this church family. And we are better because of having known him. So... Uh, please pray for his daughters and for all who uh, know him and love him and that God would be uh, pouring out his peace and his blessings. Today we're going to talk a little bit about Jesus. Wow. And uh, it's the after the feeding of the 5,000. And there was a question that came up during the week in one of our Bible studies, which is, why do bad things happen to good people. And the truth is, bad things only happen to good people or a good person once. And that was when he was pinned to that cross for you and for me. However, when you and I are going through trials in this world, we can 
convince ourselves that bad things are happening to this good person. And we might even say something like, why me? And I shared at a Bible study that I once had a pastor tell me, well, me and everybody else that was in the sanctuary, he said, you ask why me? And I say, why not you? What makes you special? Well, Jesus makes you special, and you are a child of God. And he's got it taken care of. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in the sermon today. But I can tell you this as a spoiler alert. It's going to be okay, no matter what you're going through right now. Let's get started, Tim.
please stand if you're able. We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved you ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. <clears throat> Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore, I therefore <laughs> declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. 
This is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Merciful Father, you gave your Son Jesus as the heavenly bread of life. Grant us faith to feast on him in your word and sacraments, that we may be nourished unto life everlasting. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Peace be with you. Let's take a look at the first reading we have. It's on, going to be on uh, Exodus chapter 16, verses 2 through 15. It's at the very beginning of the Bible, page 112. Usually can find that one pretty quick. Page 112. In the desert of sin, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, 
I will test them, test them, and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, in the evening, you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning, you will see, you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you the meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening the quail came, covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it's the bread the Lord has given you to eat. I think I messed up here. Did I? Missing a page? Uh, let's see. Sorry about this. I did not have my notes today. So Exodus. Let's turn to Exodus. I figured this out. <clears throat> we left off with Exodus. Stumble, stumble, stumble. 16. I think I brought the Bible up. Because it's the eternal word of the Lord, you know. Okay. So Exodus 16, I left off at 15. And I guess that is it. It is. Apologies. It doesn't say to go to the next one. I need a lot more help than I realize. Let's go to Psalms. Sorry. Psalm is 145, 10 through 21. Let's read that responsibly. I need all the help I can get. We start out with 145, verse 10 through 21. All you, your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. Glory, kingdom, and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Kingdom is everlasting kingdom. 
and your dominion endures for all generations. Lord, his work is worthy and promises faithful all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. May the Lord give them the food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord, but every praise his holy name forever and ever. Chapter 4, verse 1 through 16 is going to be in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 16. On page 1821, 1821, on your pew Bible. Starting out. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That is why it says, when we ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascend, ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attending to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Thank goodness for the Bible. This is the eternal word of the Lord. Thank you. 
his word does not return empty. That's his Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. John from the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our reading this morning is John 6 verses 22 through 35, and it can be found on page 1563 of your pew Bible. John records, The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake, well, they realized that only one boat had been there, and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and they went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and you had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval." And they asked him, what must we do? What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life. To the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. And then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? 
May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Over the past few weeks, we have heard the accounts of the feeding of the 5,000, followed by Jesus' walk on the water as they are recorded in the Gospel of Mark. Today's Gospel is the account of what happened next. But the account is from the Gospel of John. Now, you see, all four Gospels, all four of them deal with the feeding of the 5,000. But it is John who gives the most detailed account of what happened after, what happened next. John 6 is one of those chapters that has a special theme, just as John 10 identifies Jesus as the good shepherd. Do you remember Kalokathogos? Kalokathogos, the noble, the excellent, the best, the kingly shepherd? Not just a good shepherd, the best shepherd. Kalokathogos, that's what Jesus is. Well, that was chapter 10, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So also in John 6, it identifies Jesus as the bread of life, the bread of life from heaven. And John 6 starts off with the feeding of the 5,000, followed by the account of Jesus walking on the water. And then the remainder, the remainder of John 6 deals with the interaction of the crowds after Jesus and the disciples arrived back in Galilee. Do you remember last week? When Jesus, at the end, um, it's not recorded in Mark, but it is recorded in John, that Jesus knew that the people intended to force him to be their king, to get more free food. People don't get it, and that hasn't changed. So since the crowds were so focused on Jesus' miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, there was a lot of talk about food, especially bread. And Jesus used this talk of the bread to tell of the bread that endures, the bread that endures to eternal life. And then he identified himself as that bread, the bread that gives eternal light. The Gospels that we will hear for the next few weeks, will work their way through this chapter 6 in John, this chapter that we may call the bread chapter. And today's gospel picks up the day after the feeding of the 5,000. Some of the people who ate with those 5,000 came back the next day, and they began looking for Jesus and they were puzzled that they could not find him because they remembered that the disciples were, they're the ones that got into the boat and Jesus stayed behind. And with the exception of the boat that the disciples took, all of the other boats were still there. 
So they expected. They expected that Jesus, well, he would be there, at least in the vicinity, but they didn't know. They didn't know that Jesus had walked out to the boat and joined the disciples during the night. And it didn't take long for these people to realize that they had lost track of Jesus. And so when some boats came near the shore, they took the opportunity to return to the other side of the sea, and they landed at Capernaum, and lo and behold, there was Jesus. Now, they had no clue how Jesus could already be on this side of the Sea of Galilee. They were full of questions. They began with this, Rabbi, hey, um, when did you come here? And it's fairly clear that Jesus' presence in Capernaum puzzled them. And Jesus never did answer their question. He just didn't. Instead, he focused on the reason that they asked the question. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. And then he said, do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give for you. For on him, the God, on him, God the Father, has set his seal. Now, Jesus understood the hearts of the people who asked the question. They were concerned about Jesus' location because he had fed them with free food and they wanted more. They wanted him to be around and they wanted to be around the next time that they had, uh, that happened. They did not see that the feeding of the 5,000 was a sign of Jesus' identity as the Messiah. They didn't see it as a sign or a miracle that he was, in fact, God, the Son of God. Instead, they saw Jesus as some sort of a, of a good luck charm or maybe even a cosmic grantor of wishes, entertaining. They were fans and kind of followers because, well, you know, that's some good fish and some good bread. We need some more. That's the extent of their devotion. He was someone who could make their life on this earth a whole lot easier. Now, there are a lot of people who treat Jesus as a good luck charm today. Few people look to Jesus for free food because food is plentiful or really not that big of a problem for most people in our culture. This does not mean that there are not many other who desire that we wish for things that God would fulfill. In other words, maybe I don't need him to put food on my table, but boy, I sure would like you to do this, Lord. Now, the problem is not that people look to God for their needs. That isn't a bad thing. Jesus himself tells us to pray. To pray, give us this, our daily bread. The problem comes, 
Listen carefully. The problem comes when we see this as God's primary function. Jesus just said uh, last week or in our readings that, you know, whatever you ask for in my name, I shall give you. It'll be given to you. But that's not his primary function. Many people see earthly wealth and well-being as an indication that they are right with God. Many people believe that if they dot all the I's and they cross all the T's, then God will make them healthy, wealthy, and wise. And this means that if they are not healthy, wealthy, and wise, that something must be missing and that they need to find out what that is. This is the reason for the popularity of preachers who preach nothing but law. They give people the false hope that somehow they can live a life that will please God with the hope that God will give them earthly blessings. If I'm really, really good, God will bless me. You can tell that the crowd around Jesus was thinking this very way. They asked, what must we do to be doing the works for God? They knew that they were poor. They knew that their life was a struggle. Therefore, they thought that there was something that they could do in order to procure God's material blessings. They were looking for a way to work themselves into God's favor so that their life on earth would be easier. And Jesus answered them this, this is the work of God. This is the work of God that you believe in him in whom he has sent Instead of talking about the works of man, did you see the difference? This is the works of God. Instead of talking about the works of man, Jesus spoke of the work of God. It is the work of God. It is the work of God to work faith in the one who was sent from God. Here, Jesus implied that he himself is the one who was sent from God. Here we learn that it is not man's work that save, but God's work that saves. And the crowd's reply to Jesus' teaching shows the true hardness of their hearts. They just didn't get it. Do you remember what they said to him? They said this, Then, What sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Do you see the irony in that? The thing is this. This happened the day after he fed the 5,000. Hello? You know, our, our Father is so gentle and kind. But come on, man. You just ate bread. 
and fish, and you're asking this? The conversation focused on bread, specifically because Jesus fed the 5,000. It also happened after Jesus had performed many other signs. He, and even his disciples, they had healed the sick. They had driven out demons. They had given sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, sound bodies to the lame, and even life to the dead. And these people said, what are you going to do? They were asking for a sign. The hardness of their heart becomes even more apparent when we compare their statement with today's reading of the Old Testament because it clearly shows that Moses was merely God's instrument. He was a waiter. Remember when I said that? I'm just a waiter to you. That's what pastors do. They serve. In reality, it was the God the Father who gave them the bread from heaven, and Jesus pointed this fact out with his reply, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father, my Father, gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And as Jesus replied, he began to show that he himself is the true bread from heaven, that he is the one who gives life to the world. And as we come to the last verse in today's gospel, Jesus makes this crystal clear. He said this, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. We know that bread provides life when it is consumed. Jesus provided life when he was consumed. When he was consumed by shame, by torture, and death, even death on a cross. And as the bread of life that was consumed by death and the grave, Jesus gives us a life that is so sure and certain that we shall live forever without hunger or thirst. That is, that we shall live in eternity. Jerry Garner knows that. All who have gone before us know that. Jesus himself certified this when he rose from the dead. When he came out of that tomb, when he came out of that tomb of death, he said, I have new life for you. And when the Holy Spirit brings us to this bread of life, he is producing faith in us. And those who come to Jesus can only come by the power of the Holy Spirit in faith. There is no way to Christ other than faith. 
Through faith, Christ is closer to us than even a mother to her child. He is always with us, and he will never forsake us. That's his promise. And today's gospel just touches on the radical relationship that we have with Christ, who is the bread of life from heaven. We learn that Jesus is not only greater than Moses, but he is also the bread of life that is greater than manna. Manna sustained temporal life. Jesus sustains eternal life. Now, during the next few weeks, as we continue through John 6, this teaching of Jesus as the bread of life from heaven will get deeper and even more radical. And we will learn even more about the salvation that Jesus gives to us as the bread of life from heaven. In the name of Jesus, amen. In the morning when I rise In the morning when I rise In the morning when I rise Give me Jesus Give me Jesus Give me Jesus, you can have all this world, but give me Jesus. And when I
Please stand if you're able. Let us now confess our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us uh, pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Gracious Heavenly Father, as you provided for the Israelites during their journey through the wilderness to the land that you had promised, Give us confidence to trust in your promises and to look to your hand to provide all that we need for this life and for the life to come. Lord, in your mercy. Master of the vineyard, sustain those who you send into your harvest. Give your blessings to pastors and teachers, Christian leaders, and all who abide in your word that they would be enabled to work diligently and faithfully for your kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, God and Father of all, enable us to walk in humility, gentleness, and patience, that we would bear with one another in love and be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Lord, in your mercy, Lord of all, hear our prayers for the hungry and the homeless. Provide for them not only bread to satisfy their hunger, but above all, the true bread of life, who is Jesus Christ, who alone can fill and satisfy every need of the body and soul. Lord, in your mercy, Show your mercy to the sick and the hospitalized, to all who are battling cancer and the COVID and all who are battling any other malady. Father, provide doctors and nurses and other medical professionals to care for those 
who need health and healing. Lord, in your mercy. And Father in heaven, sustain the proper use of the sacrament among us that your church would continue to be blessed with your gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation through the waters of holy baptism and through the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy, and into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Please pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples. He said, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For We know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us pray together the perfect prayer that our brother Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. 
and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Everything, everything is a gift from God the Father through his Son, Holy Spirit. Everything is a gift. None of it depends on our work. Amen? Okay. So this meal is a gift. And not only is it sustain you with a little bite to eat, but it is the perfect meal because it delivers for you rescuing from sin, death, and the devil. Do you believe that? Amen. Well, the table's prepared. Why don't you have a seat, and they'll bring you on up for this happy meal.
why me, is a valid question. Often we ask when calamity hits, why me? Maybe we should ask it also, why me in my baptism? Why me when I receive his body and his blood? Why me when my sins are forgiven? I'll tell you why, you know, because he loves you, because he's your father in heaven, and he keeps all of his promises, and he wants the best for his children. Now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our closing hymn, O the Deep, Deep Love of Jesus. Oh